Hi, we're the Sherpa sisters from Malaysia. Azima, Amna, and me, Aisha, hosts of the My English Matters podcast. After spending eight years in the UK as children, we know the importance of mastering a second language. So we created myenglishmatters.com as a platform to help second language learners learn to speak, write, and communicate in English with confidence through our online courses, classes, and live workshops. The My English Matters podcast is an extension of all that we do. It's a place for us to connect with you on a whole new level. You can learn with us while you're on your commute to work, washing the dishes, or picking your kids up from school. So let's get started, shall we? This episode is an audio replay of one of our live sessions on the My English Matters Facebook page. Because it was live and on video, you may hear us make reference to slides, notes, or viewer comments. How can I improve my English when I have no one to practice with? And we're going to start with the first concept, okay? So the concept is called learn like children okay in order for you to improve your english if you have no one to practice with then learn like children so what does it mean okay if you look at children right when they learn english when they you know natives basically native babies when they learned english did they learn it for fun or was it for exams right obviously they're learning it for fun yeah Okay, Anas, Anas, yay, student from Unisagat, right? So babies, the thing about children and babies is that when it comes to learning, they're having lots of fun, okay? They're being imaginative, they're inquisitive, okay? That's, that means that they ask questions, they learn through cartoons, through movement, through asking lots of questions, and it's all about fun and play. So if you want to learn English, don't put pressure on yourself that it doesn't become fun anymore. So I want you to learn like children, meaning that you add some fun elements to it. Okay, fun elements to your learning. All right. So I have an example, actually, because I just spoke to my friend. Uh, so I'm going to give a shout out to uh, my friend, Yo. She has a daughter. Her name is Alanor. Alanor. So she was telling me that um, Alanor, she's a nine-year-old, and she has, she's loved the English language since she was a child because she watches a lot of cartoons and she plays with her toys in the English language. But at home, they speak Malay. But the input that she gets are from English. So she would actually take a whiteboard, take all her toys, right, take all her toys, arrange them in such as if she's a teacher in a classroom and she would teach them or speak English. So Alanor, a nine-year-old, would play with English and pretend that she's an English teacher, right? So it's so inspiring to watch a little girl do that. So she has this um, Instagram channel, right, that her mum set up because her mum thought, you know what, this is an outlet for her, it's good to record her, and she can watch it when she's older. And it's like, it's, it's satisfying. It's fun. No stress, whatever. It's not about being perfect and recording yourself in such a, um, you know, high stress situation. But it's all about being fun and being imaginative. And that's, that's the kind of thing that I want you to have when it comes to learning English. Okay. All right. So, um, learn from Alanur. What she's doing is this Instagram channel. So make believe, yeah, make believe, have fun, play, right? Same thing, my daughter, when she, uh, she's now 11, right? I spoke to her in Malay um, until she was three. It was only up, uh, when she was three, I started to add English words. And at first it felt really, really weird to speak English to her, even though I am an English lecturer, but it was still very weird to speak English to her. And even she was questioning why, but we just made it fun. So whenever it's like um, bath time or whenever we're in the car, those are like classroom sessions, 
for me and her. And that continued. And now that she's 11, I don't have to force her to speak English anymore or I don't have to push her. She loves the language now. She speaks Malay and English. And you just let her go. Now she's learning things from YouTube, right? So she's, she's learning things like origami. So she's made, I don't know, 200 origami. I don't know what it was. I can't remember, but so many because she learned from YouTube. So she's also doing things, learning things and creating things. That's children. And we can get inspired from that, you know? Um, what else did she do? I think if you have children, you would know the trend. There was one time there was a trend where they did um, squishy and slime, right? So they were using, they were like asking me, you know, children are asking their parents, could you buy us a fabric spinner so they could make squishy and slime, right? So that was a trend about, I don't know, three, four months ago. And then Play-Doh, homemade Play-Doh. So it was very fun. And, um, and so children, that's what they do. They explore, okay? Um, another thing that they do is, if you notice, they imitate. So if they watch their favorite cartoon or their favorite YouTuber or their video games, that's why you have to be careful with the kind of thing that you put in your children's mind. Um, they will imitate. So that's the kind of thing that you can do as an adult. That means whatever you watch, whatever you listen, you imitate. You imitate the best. All right. So that's what you can do and not to put stress on yourself to have fun. Right. OK. Anas, yes, a child learns a language unconsciously. One can absorb the language like sponge. Yeah, a child can do that. And but it doesn't mean that an adult cannot do that. We can do that and we can put uh, the input in our environment continuously so that we absorb things unconsciously as well okay all right so i hope you guys got that learn like children that was the first concept but there are others that i also want to explore okay i want to explore this as well um children when they learn a concept a word like door d-o-o-r okay d-o-o-r when they first learned that word it means we understand that it's like a, a furniture, a piece of furniture or, you know, a barrier, barrier where you, your teacher would say, close the door after you or your mom say, close the door. OK, so a door, they would learn that word, something that they can see. But as they become adults, they then understand that the word door can be associated to, to other things. So if I give you this, I want you to, to guess what this means when I say the door to success is to keep on learning. The door to success. So I use the word door, but did I mean door, pintu, or what do I mean by the door to success? Okay, what do you think it means? Give it a go before I give the answer. See, I need water. I'm used to drinking. Thank you, guys. Okay. The door to success. So, the key to success, Catherine. All right. Okay. Yeah. But what's it mean, the key? Okay, that's, that's, that's a good thing as well. You are guessing now. Because as children, we would understand, okay, key, kunci, right, key. And then the door to success. It is related, so you understand. So we are being like children. First, we understand the door as of something physical, you can see. And now, as an adult, you understand what we call abstract concepts, right? So a door, okay, a door would be opportunity. All right. Or the way to success. Yeah. The key to success or possibility. All right. The path. Okay, Nora. Really good. Yes. You got it. You've got it. So that's what I'm talking about. I want you to use the concept of word association. Right. So you learn one, one word, door, and then you associate that word to other contexts. 
And then you make a guess, you make an intelligent guess because we are adults now. We can make that intelligent guess. All right. What about this word? Cry. Okay, this is like a childish word. Stop crying. Don't cry. As children, they understand don't cry means obviously don't get upset. I uh, know. Wipe your tears away, right? As children, they understand that cry. Okay. What if that word cry, I extend it to this? A far cry. A far cry. So let's give you a sentence. And I'm going to relate it to um, cooking. Okay. So let's do it. I learned to make nasi dagang for the first time. But it's a far cry from my mother's nasi dagang. Okay. I've made that up, obviously. I didn't cook nasi dagang this right year. But I know that a few people have tried. Okay. So let's do that again. I learned to make nasi dagang for the first time this raya. But it's a far cry from my mother's nasi dagang. Okay. Far cry. So cry, what does it mean? Does it mean, you know, jangan nangis? Okay. What do you think it means? Give it a go. Give it a guess. Let's see. Okay. I can see comments. Thank you so much. You guys are so sweet. Um, anyone want to try? Different. Ooh, I'm going to... Emira, different. Okay. Good, yes. Not the same. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just missed that one just now. Uh, not as good as, yeah. Okay. Look at this one. I'm going to show it up. Farida, it's a far taste of flavor from my mom. Yep. Good, excellent. Big difference. Yes. Yes. You've got it. That's good. Excellent. That's right. It means that. It's so different and you feel kind of disappointed by the difference. You feel disappointed by its difference. A far cry. Okay. So what I am teaching you right now is word association. A simple word. Things that we know that we can see that children know. But as adults, we associate, we use word association to expand the meaning further. All right. So as adults, that's what we do. So I want you guys to, when it comes to expanding your vocabulary, you can start with nouns, right? It's things that you can see uh, around your home, around your house. And then look it up. Is there an idiom, right? An idiom means that, you know, a group of words that presents a particular meaning that's different from the meaning of each word on its own, right? That means you can look it up what's, what's an idiom. From that word, is there an idiom? Or is there a phrasal verb that can come out of that? Or is there a synonym? Synonym meaning that it's similar to another word. So that's how you expand your vocabulary. That's how you become better, more fluent, and that's how you have fun with language. All right. Okay. So that's what you have to do when I'm talking about learn like children. And I give you a concept called word association. Okay. Right. So that's how you expand your vocabulary as well. Okay. And you know how children, they love to praise themselves. No, they don't love to praise themselves. They love to listen to praises from their teachers, from their parents, from the grown-ups, basically. Well, we obviously, I don't know if you have anyone to praise you for your hard work, but this is a bonus. You praise yourself, okay? You praise yourself by thinking, wow, great job. I did a brilliant job of learning. Um, that was an A-plus effort in my presentation. So praising yourself instead of waiting for others to do it. Praise yourself in your mind in your heart. You don't have to go um, praise yourself loudly, of course. So you can do that, right? Okay, so that's what children do. And um, that's our first concept. Okay. Moving now to our second concept on how to learn 
English when you have no one to practice with, I want you to have a growth mindset, okay? Number two, have a growth mindset, growth. So where did this concept uh, come from? It came from Carol Dweck from Stanford University. She's a researcher in this field, so she wrote a book on it, but it's very interesting because in the world of personal development, which we love, my English Matters team, we love personal development. So when we learned about growth mindset, um, it's about believing that um, intelligence can grow with time and experience, okay? You believe that through learning, through giving time, through experience, your intelligence can grow. So it is related to this um, science of neuroplasticity. Now, you don't have to worry about all these medical terms, but if you are doctors there, you would know what I'm talking about, okay? Neuroplasticity or brain plasticity. The belief or to have this knowledge that the brain changes continuously throughout an individual's life. All right, so let's go back to what does it mean by growth mindset. That means that you really, really believe that we all can improve ourselves, basically, right? Our talent can improve, our intelligence can grow. And so we become so much more passionate about learning. This is the opposite of a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is a person who believes that basic abilities, intelligence, and talents are fixed. That means there's nothing you can do about your talent, right? For example, you would say something like this, oh, I can't draw, no way, I'm not creative. And so with that belief, I can never draw, you will never develop that ability to draw, correct? But if you have a growth mindset, if you say, I can't draw right now, but I believe through training, I can draw. I can become the next, whoever that I want to be, okay? This is a set of belief, a growth mindset is a set of belief that you want to have as a healthy individual. So let's say when, you, when it comes to learning English, I want to ask you, do you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset? So if you have a fixed mindset, you'd be like this, oh, I can never learn English, it's so hard. Or, you know what, my teacher said that my uh, English is um, D, grade D, and I will never amount to anything because my teacher said that I'm hopeless in language, in English, basically. Right? So you, you think of it, you, you look at the past as if the past defines you, and, you know, whatever your teacher said, whatever your parents said, that's it. You believe it, and you don't want to learn anymore. Or some of you might say, you know what, I'm too old to learn English. We actually have students who said to us, am I too old to learn English? And I'm like, what? Are you joking? No, you're not. It's never too late to learn anything, not just English. Okay? So a growth mindset is somebody who takes failures and mistakes and setbacks and all those negative experiences as an opportunity for growing, an opportunity to be better, an opportunity to, to prove yourself otherwise, to prove you, yourself. And we all know about those billionaires who actually, you know, they, they failed in school, basically. They failed in school, or they didn't go to university, but because they had a growth mindset, they've set up empires right? They have a growth mindset. They believe that grades are not everything, that he, they can still do something with their talent and skills and time. They can grow and set up empires as we know today, all right? So as adults, we need to have this growth mindset. Stop having this fixed mindset. I can never learn English. I don't know how. I'm so scared. Uh, when, my, when I was in high school, my teacher said I was hopeless. In SVM, I failed my English. Um, and now at work, my boss said my English is so bad. I don't want to use English anymore. I'm, you know, all those negative things. We don't want that.
I want you to have a growth mindset. That means that you continue to learn. Continue to learn. Okay? So pick up a skill. Pick up a skill. English is a skill. Pick it up. Um, invest time. Invest money. And, and what do we call it? You know, keep on improving. Keep on improving. Right? So uh, when I, in 2019, I actually learned piano because in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm not really musically talented, but I thought to myself, um, this is an opportunity for me to prove myself that I can do it. And it's like an opportunity for me to bond with my daughter. So we took a piano class for a year in 2019 and that was fun. That was fun. It doesn't mean I want to be a pianist. No, it's just, it was just for me to show to my daughter that we can still learn even though we are adults, right? And then in 2020, you know, we just finished Ramadan, obviously. I, I set my goal to improve my uh, reading, my recitation of the Quran. So fluency, right? So I want to hit the right notes. I'm not there at the Taranum level where we're reading, you know, melodiously. I'm not yet. So that's not yet my goal for this year. But my goal was to actually improve, improve it. So we set up a group of friends with some ustaza in the group. And then we learned to read the Quran together. And so I, I've got, they are my friends. So they would tell me if I got it right or if they got it wrong. So I'm asking you now, what are the skills that you want to learn this year? Put it in your calendar and have a growth mindset that you will learn and you will invest your time to improve. Okay. All right, let me see uh, some comments. This one, Intan Suraya. I am a little Caliph's teacher. I'm working there because I want to improve my English with the kids. That's fantastic. Yeah, so you're learning by doing, by being with the kids, by doing um, the materials, designing the materials. At the same time, you are learning with them. That's really, really good. Okay. Aisha is um, writing the summary as well thank you so much Aisha okay who is typing the subtitles very fast okay well we have it um the sisters here the Shurfa sisters me Amna and Aisha we have experience in actually typing because we do subtitles also for television programs so we we have this knack ability to type very fast but it took time and experience to be able to do that okay so that's a growth mindset as well you guys can type just as fast if you had invested time okay farha i started watercolor painting last year and i hope to improve more this year learning via online that is so interesting that's amazing farha watercolor painting yes when once you realize that you can learn anything if you put your mind to it the world it's it's expanding because there's so many things you can learn i'm telling you i'm never bored because i'm learning so many things okay thank you for sharing you guys you guys can continue to share okay even if i don't pull up your comments you guys can continue to share what you are learning and the kind of growth mindset that you you have now or a fixed mindset that you need to fix, okay? A fixed mindset that you need to fix. A fixed mindset that you need to change for growth, okay? Right, so growth mindset is number two. Number three is increase your English input and output. Increase your English input and output. Now, are you any of you guys from university? If you are, I'm sure, or if, if you're not, it's okay. Maybe you'll remember that when we entered university, we had to take proficiency tests, right? We had to take English proficiency tests. We had, we had to sit through, uh, I think, reading, writing, listening, and speaking, right? So those were the tests that tested our English, basically. 
So what I'm asking you now is because we are not in university anymore, uh, adults, I want you to question yourself. Are you still reading, writing, listening and speaking in English? Because that's your input and your output. So number three, in increase your English input and output. So let's look at what I mean by reading. And you guys can, um, okay, Nurin and Ahmad, you are university students, I think. Okay, good. Okay, so as adults or if you are university students, I'm going to ask you now, what are you reading? What are you reading? Look around you if you have a bookshelf near you. Is there an English book somewhere in the bookshelf around you? you I, I assume you're at home. Okay. Um, is there a bookshelf around you? And is there a book there that you are proud to type the title of the book? Okay. If you can write the title of the book, great. Okay. So I'm asking you now, what are you reading? If you're not reading enough, if you're not reading enough and you know, then I'm going to ask you now, what are your favorite topics to read about? And what are your what are the topics that you must know about? What are the, what are your must know topics? And that's how you increase input English input through reading. Right? I'm sure your teachers have said this a million times: read, read, and read. But for the My English Matters team, as teachers, we want to tell you to read about favorite topics. Not read for exams. Read about favorite topics that you want to improve on and read about topics that you must know about for your life, for the akhirat, for success in this world and hereafter, for finance, for productivity. So what are you guys reading about? What are you guys reading? Okay, self-improvement related topics. Love that. That's what we do as well. Um, we are obsessed with personal development. We're reading that. I used to read fiction but I don't anymore. I read it as um, when I was in, this is for exams, I would say, when I was in university, when I took literature. I love, I love reading, but then there are a few genres that I would never read if I didn't take literature uh, classes. Okay. Are you reading biographies? You know, biographies are really great examples of basically the greats what um, these successful people are doing, what kind of, what, how they think, how did they get to become successful. So you read biographies, it's a great start as well. Okay, Nurin, I love to read about skincare tips. Okay, Ahmad, politics and history, my passion to know more. Excellent, okay. Let's see, I read about, Lina, motivational parenting and, of course, medical updates. Good. Okay, I'm reading journal articles uh, regarding my study. Good, because I'm asking you what are, your, what are your favorite topics to read about and topics that you must know about. So it has to be two. Okay, excellent. Oh, this is good. You're reading about vitamin D or vitamin D as I'm doing my PhD. Interesting. Oh, um, I, I just know a little bit about vitamin D. I don't know, but it's talking about getting from the sun, isn't it? Or your diet. And I think, I don't know if it's, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Zunura, but, but if you have enough vitamin D, it can improve your skin and overall, your overall health as well. Okay. But Zunura, you can confirm with me later. Um, let me see. Faradzeza, I'm a kindergarten teacher. I'm always reading about storytelling with kids. A big book story. That's great. Storytelling with kids. So you're enjoying it. You're enjoying the process of reading it loud. Yay. Good, good, good. Excellent. I'm reading Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. It's a huge, it's a really thick book, isn't it? I recommend everyone here to read it. I usually read four to five titles at a time. Amazing, Jinda. Tim Ferriss is another guy that you guys can get to know more about. Okay, any more? 
Um, I read about products. I'm going to buy educational things because I'm a teacher. Wow, amazing. Okay, good, good, good. Excellent. I'm reading The Professor. Excellent. Okay, great. You guys are amazing. Okay, so reading and then writing. What are you writing about and are you producing anything original? Okay, so what are you writing about when it comes to reading? After you read something, what are you writing about? So you could write a blog, an email, a book or a manual, whatever. So you guys think about what can you produce with your output? Output. So when I said increase your English input and output, think about what can you produce with your writing? And I think some of you guys are students, so you're producing assignments. And if you are um, working, you might have to produce a report, right? So those are the kind of things that you guys can think about, okay? Now, let's go to the, the, the other uh, reading, writing, listening, and speaking. Listening, listening. What are you guys listening to? So it could be songs, it could be news, it could be sports. And when I talk about listening, it's not just listening, it could also be watching. So it could be movies, talk shows, YouTube videos, documentaries. Now for me, I personally love to watch, um, to listen to podcasts. So while I'm cooking, I'm listening to podcasts uh, or TED Talks, or TED.com, um, on any topic that I like, like business or coaching, and communication and all of that so you guys can think about what you are listening to so maybe you guys want to share with me what are you listening to okay what are you listening to okay so write down what you guys are listening to okay and once you listen I want you to think about how can I speak, right? So you want to increase your output. Listening is input, so speaking would be output. How do you then speak about these topics, right? How do you explain? Um, can you paraphrase what you've heard? Like, for example, if you, are, if you like to watch YouTube, okay? If you like to watch YouTube, you can pause, you can press pause, and then you can paraphrase what you have just learned. So you can actually stop this. Once you finish watching this video, for example, you can pause and you can paraphrase and speak out loud. Like, what did you learn from this particular session? Okay. All right. Um, let me see the comments. Oh, okay. I listen to English songs and write the lyrics down. That's how I learned during high school. That's good. Yeah, that's how I did as well in, I mean, in my own time. I think a lot of us still do that. Uh, let's see. I found myself learning expressions from sitcoms compared to movies. Hilmi, what's your favorite sitcom? Mine is still the 90s uh, sitcoms because I don't really catch up on the, on the latest sitcoms. Mine would be Friends and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I know it's old, but... Uh, yes, I still I still like that. Okay. Um, all right, you guys. Good, excellent. Oh, writing. Lena, I'm writing my research now about evening primrose oil. That's amazing. That's good, Lena. Yes, okay. Um, all right, Sharifa. Song, news, talk show. Excellent, good. Talk shows. I, I love... One of my favorite talk shows these days, um, Noah Trevor, sometimes a little bit, I don't know if that's American politics. Okay, all right. So that's it for our three ways to improve your English when you have no one to practice with. So we talked about learning like children, have a growth mindset and increase English input and output. And of course, you guys, uh, to get you started, you can subscribe to myenglishmatters.com where you get seven videos sent to you through email. It's called Speaking with Confidence. It's, those are free. You get to know our work and what we do. And um, you can, you know, learn English along the way. 
because we send weekly emails and, and uh, lessons for you guys. Those are free. But of course, if you want to join our classes, we also announce it through our email as well. Okay. So that's how you learn English. Okay, you guys. Okay, good. And I have a question from one of our, one of my students, actually, my Tesla student. So her name is Hidayatul Sofia. So I'm going to answer this question. And you guys can also ask questions. I'm going to look them, look at the questions after I complete, I finish um, Hidayatul Sofia's question. Okay. Uh, sometimes I do know what to say, but I get distracted with the audience's reactions, like their body language or the faces they make. And suddenly I lose all my points and I can't speak at all. Okay. So he to Sofia, I think she's talking about doing like a presentation when you're all prepared, but then when you look at the audience, then they look like, you know, they're not happy with you or they look like they're not interested and bored. And so she feels distracted, then she loses all her points and she can't even speak at all. Wow, that's a good one. Okay, I think we all have faced that, right, in our, in our time. So... Um, Hidayatul Sofia, what you can do is to breathe, breathe, get yourself centered, okay? Tell yourself, slow down, and give yourself lots of positive self-talk. So you can say, you've got this, or um, should I give more examples? And another way as well that I would say, uh, I would recommend for you is to change the energy. And I want you to have so much positive energy that you are basically um, blocking all the negative energy that comes from the audience, right? Um, this, is, this is normal. It's normal to have haters, okay? And, and mind matters, we have some as well, but should we ignore them? Yes, because we, basically we want to focus on people who do want to learn right people who give you negative comments or whatever don't give them fuel right don't give them the time and energy honestly because that's probably what they want they want their attention but for you Hidayatu Sofia when you are doing a presentation focus on energy positive energy lighting up the room maybe changing your content a little bit so that you are more interactive with them invite those who do want to learn with you right so that they support you and then hopefully you will you will um direct the energy less to those haters right so hilda to sofia and i want you to have this growth mindset for every setback for every time that you feel like you didn't do so well it is just an opportunity for you to grow stronger, okay? Every setback is an opportunity for you to grow stronger and even immune. That would be the best, to be immune to all these sort of um, things, negative vibes that people send to you, okay? All right. Okay. All right. So I want you guys to... Do you guys have any questions? Okay. If you don't have any questions, it's okay. No problem. All right. So let me see. Oh, you're welcome, Hidetu Sophia. So all the best in your future career. We'll see how it goes. Okay, guys. Okay, okay, Hidetu Sophia. And I gave you also a tip as well, like um, where do you want to be in five years' time? For young people, where do you want to be in five years' time? And what are the skills that you need to get there? A growth mindset would not think, oh, my God, I am an introvert. I can't do public speaking. No. A growth mindset would have this. You know what? I am an introvert, but it doesn't mean that I can't be a great presenter. Okay, um, so those are the kind of things when you have a growth mindset, if you've got a goal, you reach that goal. Okay, and you take the skills, you learn as much as you can to reach that goal. Okay. All right. Um, 
Oh, let me see, Marzuin. What do you have to share? Um, let me see. Eh, I I yes, all your okay. Because when I'm clicking on things, things um I don't know where I'm clicking, and then things happen. They show up. Okay. Okay. Is Yatunurin? My question is: If we speak to our children in English and they reply in Basa Malaysia, how to make them love English? Okay, is Yatunurin? Uh, if Amla can can show uh, the link of an article, several articles that we wrote on My English Matters about tips on speaking English to your children and how to make them love the language. It takes time, um, is Yatunurin? Depending on the age, your children's age. It does take time for them to pick it up. But if you love the language, they will see that it's a language of love. You know what I'm saying? And so you've got to be the role model. Okay, you've got to be the role model. And if you don't give up, don't give up. And then buy them books that they want to read about show them cartoons that's fun and family friendly and then sit with them show them that english is also it also means let them associate english with quality time with you okay so i hope that helps hope that gives you some idea okay um all right let me see some more questions all right Okay. Does anyone have the experience when you speak, all of a sudden you become conscious about the way you speak, slang, language, fluency, then you try to tweak your speech and it becomes weirder. How do I overcome that? Okay, that's a good one. Okay, uh, yes. I mean, that's because you, I think that you want to adapt to the audience, right? You want to adapt to the audience. It's like when I'm around, let's say, people who don't speak English, so I would slow down. I would try not to speak English to them. And I think it's all about you having the confidence and the confidence to just stand by what you know and how you sound, okay? And I have a friend who actually adapts. If the person speaking American, she would speak American. I mean, she has a talent for that. If that person speaks British, she would speak British. If that person speaks in a... Malay accent, she would use a Malay accent. And I think that's a talent. And if you can do that, good for you. But Hilmi, I want you to just stand by with what you know. I mean, stand your ground. Stand, not stand by, stand your ground. All right, so don't try to tweak your speech and it becomes weirder, but you can practice, okay? All right. Um, any more questions? Okay. Um, Okay, Farah Nordin. I have issues with reading. I don't really like to read and I prefer to watch and listen. What can I do to make myself have this interest to read? So Farah, um, start off with reading light, light materials. You don't, have to, you don't have to pressure yourself to read an entire book if you don't want to, okay? Um, I don't want you to pressure yourself into picking up a hobby that you're not, that's not going to sustain you. That's not you're not going to keep up for long, and then you feel stressed because of it. So instead, um, what you can do is just read instead materials that are shorter. There are summaries of things that you can look up. You can Google instead of reading the entire book let's say you can google up like what's the summary of that thing you can still get the knowledge without having to read an entire book okay but but you can challenge yourself challenge yourself to read like for example you normally can only read three pages then maybe next time try try to double that six pages see how it goes see what what suits you and your personality, okay? How to speak clearly like you, madam. Thank you very much. Well, I'm an English language lecturer and I grew up in the UK. So it's easier for me to speak English because of the background that uh, my family, we, we spent years over there. So it's easy for us to pick it up, you know, and things like that. 
But if you want to speak clearly, what you can do is tune your ears, right? Tune your ears to pick up an accent that you like and then imitate them if you want, all right? But it's very important that you just learn how to speak clearly. That's the most important thing, okay? Uh, all right, let's look at this one. I have a, one more question. For someone who has no English exposure at all, should they focus on vocabulary first or grammar? Vocabulary first or grammar? I think for children, vocabulary would be great, right? Because then you are, you know, I think I talked about children. I talked about children earlier on. You can rewind this video and then you can talk, um, you can see how children learn. They learn vocabulary first. And then you give them input. You give them how to use these kind of words. So grammar should be what uh, it should be done unconsciously, right? Unconsciously. It's not like you teach them, okay, this is a noun. This is a verb. This is prepositions. You don't do that because that will scare them. So... It should be done unconsciously so that they get it, how to use the word, right? I hope that helps. Okay. All right. Um, okay, there's a long question there. Okay. Let me just read through. Okay, right, let me, see, let, me, let me look at that. Hilmi, um, another question. There's a situation where you ant anticipate the type of audience you are facing and you have your set of language to compensate that group. But it turns out you're wrong about them and you found yourself to be in a situation where you're hanging, trying to find common ground with the audience. Is it okay to do over, restart, or should you just wing it? What should I do? Okay, Hilmi, that's an excellent question because that's actually related to what... I experienced as well, and I hope this story can help you in a, in a way. So when um, one of my first experience as a trainer for adults was actually one of the worst experience, okay? I'll tell you why. When I went for train, uh, when I wanted to train this set of people, I had no idea that they would be what I call the seniors of that company, right? So they... And there I was, a young woman at the time, a young woman teaching seniors who are in their 40s, near their 50s, much, much older than me, much more experienced than me. I'm teaching them presentation skills. And they looked at me with absolute disrespect because they're like, who is this young lady? Who, who is she to teach us presentation skills, you know? And... I prepared all my material. I was very sure that I could do it. But at the end of day one, two of them actually came to me and said, okay, can you change your content? Because we know all this, right? We want something else. And that was, that was terrible. That was a nightmare for me. But they, they told me nicely, but they wanted me to change so that they don't waste their time the next day. So it was a two-day event. So that night, I was like scrambling. I was like... Um, reading through my slides again, what should I delete? What should I add? So luckily for me, I had a lot of materials. You know, I had lots of lots of materials that I put on the back end, meaning that's it's like a plan B, plan C, plan D. So I inserted a few things like storytelling, because I know that as a presenter, you need to be very good at storytelling. So I inserted stories in it. And I inserted more research, more statistics that would make them not I can't have them respect me, but they can respect my content and they can respect the work that I put in. And then I also changed a little bit. So added more discussions and added more games. And so the next day I started off with like ice breaking. It's like starting all over basically. And we did like ice breaking again. I wanted to find out their issue and I had one of them lead the discussion. One of them that they respected. So that just eased the pressure of me and I get to know what their issues are. I get to have them listen. I, I shared my stage with somebody else, you know, so that they don't think, who's this young woman? She knows nothing. 
let's listen to their colleague that they respect. And then day two was a success. Oh my God. And those two ladies who actually came to me, um, they were, they said, thank you very much. It was really good. And it was, it surpassed their expectation, right? So if I look back at that training session, it brings me, it still makes me, I, I'm not, I, I don't really like talking about it, but I have talked about it several times through to my students. But it's actually made me stronger. And I'm actually glad for that experience, even though I hate talking about it and I don't like the experience. But I, I would like to say it just made me stronger as a trainer. It made me more prepared. And I trusted my ability to be flexible, my ability to start again when necessary. So heal me. I want you to go to any event trusting your ability to adapt to the situation when required. It, it might mean throwing away some of your content that's not relevant and trusting that you have enough of your research, your background, um, knowledge about them to make it, your content more fun, engaging. Um, you have to trust yourself. Heal me. So does that help? I hope it does. Okay. All right. Okay. Farah, hello there. Okay. Any more questions? Okay. Same experience there. Okay. So how to increase your confidence level when speaking in public? You've got to do practice because we just finished a two-day training on public speaking. So if you can go to classes, go to classes. If not, it's all about watching the best of the best. You guys can go to TED.com and get inspired to learn public speaking from watching others and then imitating what you like and looking at their strategies and then applying them. Okay. All right. So it's been an hour, I think. Right. So I guess that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me and um, my English Matters team. So don't forget to share this video to others. Don't forget to subscribe to myenglishmatters.com to get your seven videos on speaking with confidence to get you started if you haven't already. Sign up for that. And of course, um, read all our emails and our blogs and support us by watching all our live sessions when we have any. So that's it from me, you guys. Thank you very much. So bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the My English Matters podcast. Make sure to click the subscribe button on this podcast if you haven't yet. Now, if you'd like to learn even more with us, we have a free training called Speaking with Confidence, where we send seven tips to your email. You'll also get weekly emails with tips and lessons to help you improve your English. Join us at myenglishmatters.com.